That's what I'm talking about. That's a jacked up squirrel right there, isn't it? Man, I tell you, we ought to be some jacked up people in the house too this morning. You guys sing great. You guys are awesome. For those of you that are tuned in and watching us live streaming, we welcome you. We hope that you have already enjoyed our time of singing this morning. And if if you get a chance, you just have to come and experience this live and in person, right? Come on, can we show some encouragement? We are. We're saving some seats just for you. It is going to be absolutely, we love to see you here. Be an incredible time. And, uh, but thank you guys for tuning in and joining us today wherever you are. And as always, those of you that are live streaming with us just to keep our media team um, alert, just kind of fire off some messages to them every once in a while just to see what they're up to these days. So, uh, but no, we've got a great team and we are delighted to have you tune in with us. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you sound pretty good. Don't smell real great, but you sound awesome. Absolutely incredible. Hey, listen, I, I just want to real quick, I cannot wait till next Sunday, May 7th, for River Baptism. Listen, this is an incredible opportunity for us to gather together with, as one body. You know, we do, with, with the three different worship experiences on the weekend, sometimes we don't get to see the other parts of, of, of the family here. And so it's going to be a big family reunion last, or next week. Last week I talked about fried chicken with bones in it, and that's all you remembered from the sermon. But that's all right. It's on it. Listen, when I heard, hey, there's a slip and slide. We're going to have Bernie's longest water slide. I, I leaned over to Pastor Howard and I said, hey, bro, I, I have just an idea. What if we took baptism to a whole nother level and, and we, put, we put the people going to be baptized at the top of the hill, the water slide ended in the Guadalupe River, and I would just yell, have you given your life to Jesus? And Pastor Robert chose to say, yes, I'm saved. And then the, he would just slide down and just launch into the Guadalupe. Big splash. That's baptism at a whole nother other. That's the HNL right there, right? Hey, you come next week. Now listen, you guys can come and join us for the 10. You can come at 8.30. Plenty of seats at 8.30 if you're sitting next to somebody and you're all crowded this morning. Hey, 8.30, I'm telling you, I have more energy and excitement at 8.30. It is fresh. It is awesome. And uh, uh, you come join us. But at 11.30 next week and the gates will open, we'll start with games and activities. You guys can eat. Church is going to provide and be grilling up a bunch of stuff. And you bring some side dishes. Uh, I work till 1 o'clock on Sundays, the only day of the week a preacher works. I work till 1. And so I'll join you guys out there about 1.30. We'll get our dunk on or our slide on, whatever. Let's just pray about it and see what God wants to do with that. Amen? It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Cannot Wait. Hey, listen, I want to give a special shout out to Chris and Ashley Cochran that are here. Would you guys stand real quick? Can we get the lights up real quick? I met Chris and Ashley this last year at our John Maxwell Live to Lead conference. Chris came and, and uh, Air Force, right? Disabled Air Force. And, and he came and he did a demonstration. Go ahead and turn and face the crowd. Let's show some honor real quick right here. Listen, Chris came. Chris came. He came. Yeah, come on. I think you can do better than clap. Oh, come on. Let's show some honor. Look at that. Woo! Yeah. Chris is here getting some medical treatment this week. He'll be fitted for some new stuff that he said is going to help him run. Chris came and did a demonstration. He was on one end of the stage with a bow and arrow. I was on the other end of the stage with an apple on my head. 
I didn't stay there, though, before he pulled. But he did a demonstration with, uh, with a bow and arrow, and just it was absolutely incredible. Um, and so it is an honor to have you guys back worshiping with us today. Uh, evidently, we didn't scare you, run you off. And you, guys, you guys live where? Navarre, Florida. Navarre Beach, Florida, right? So if you guys need a beach vacation, see them afterwards. They'd be glad. They got a big home. Be glad to open up. We're coming. Hey, let's just all go like Memorial Day weekend. Amen? You got room? About 1,127 of us coming. Amen? Praise Jesus. Glad you. Thank you guys for coming today. And we're praying for, for your uh, treatment this week, that it goes well. And that God will bless that. Isn't that right, church? Don't you love? That's a real hero right there. Amen? Come on. What I do is nothing, man. That is the real, that's where the rubber meets the road right there today. Hey, we ready to dive in? Look at your neighbor right now and say, are you scared? <laughs> Anybody regretting coming to this church today? Want to go somewhere else? Hey, Amen. We're glad you're here. Hey, we've been in this series called Bright-Eyed and Bushy-Tailed. Bright-Eyed and Bushy-Tailed. Listen, we can, say can, and should, say should. We can and should live our lives bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Are you with me today? Listen, last time I checked, I know that Hallmark tells us every year that there's a Sunday set aside called Easter, right? But I just have news for them, not to, to uh, you know, hurt or offend anybody, but the tomb is still empty and we still can celebrate Easter each and every day. Two weeks removed from when they told us to, we're still just a little excited and we have joy, Amen. Three people agree with that. That's awesome. Listen, the tomb is empty. And because the tomb is empty, we can have and should live lives that are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. If Jesus would have still been in the grave that morning, there would be no hope for us. You know that, right? Those disciples would have wasted three years of their lives. There would have been a few people whose lives were miraculously changed and what have you. But, man, I'm so glad the story didn't end there that day in the tomb that it just started and it continues. So I've just chosen, I've just chosen, I'm going to live crazy, bright-eyed, bushy-tail, peppy, zesty, energetic. I'm going to live enthusiastically, amen? I hope you are too. We talked about this joy that Jesus gives us. Joy is based on Jesus, right? Happiness is based on your happenings, right? If something happens around me that, that's good, I tend to get happy. But oftentimes what happens is once that happening that makes me happy fades into the sunset, poof, I crash and burn and I'm not so happy. Here's the deal about Jesus. The joy that he plants with inside of me, even when things are crappy. We have happy and crappy days, don't we? We play happy crappy around our house at dinner time oftentimes. Like, tell us one happy thing, tell us one crappy thing. Listen, even when times get bad, because of Jesus in me, I wake up and I have hope for tomorrow. I just know that, ooh, if God is for me, who can be against me? Come on, somebody. And I'm going to live joyful. Amen? Mm, the Spirit of God is well done. Listen, you need the Spirit. We just got back from staff retreat. Awesome. Hawaii was phenomenal. Thank you, church, for sending all 22 of us to Hawaii. It was amazing. Um, we're not going to get paid for the next seven years, but that's okay. We just, no, just kidding. We went to Kingsland, and there were a couple of palm trees, so it was exotic. It was exotic. It was great. Um, 
Where am I going? Oh, yeah. W- one of the things with the staff that we prayed for, I have a squirrel. <laughs> you keep coming back here. You like it, evidently. Mm. I prayed with our staff. You, you, this is what I prayed over staff. You know what we need? We need a baptism of the Spirit. Watch out. And you better be careful what you ask for, what you beg for. But we, I, I prayed for our staff that the, the Spirit of God would just baptize us with fire. And I'm praying that for this church, too. I'm I, I praying that we would make noise. And I'm talking about making more noise than the informed Bernie citizens or whatever that is. I, I want us to be a church ablaze, set on fire, woo, where people are experiencing the spirit of the living God, and they will never be the same. That's what Jesus can do for somebody. Hmm. Last week, we talked about passion. Passions that fire in the gut. Some of us have the capacity to have more passion than others, right? What is it that wakes you up? What is it that gets your motor running? What is it that gets... You know, man, what are you doing with your... Pa- we all have... Pa- you're passionate about something. Some of you guys are passionate about an NFL draft. And you listen to it as you're driving to Dallas to see who picks who. Just a transparent moment right there. You're passionate, some of y'all, about HGTV and Fixer Upper and is Chip going to have to pay that guy $1 million or whatever. You're, you're passionate about that. I think I heard something about that. I can't remember. You're passionate about cheering and you're passionate about working. Listen, we all have something that we're passionate about. Every one of you have a passion. Last week we talked about how can we harness and use that passion for the glory of God. Chris Cocker and Ashley travel around and they share their story. They're passionate about about showing how even through adversities and difficulties, you still can live life and enjoy it. And they're traveling all across the country, maybe even global. Are y'all global yet? We're going to take you global. Hey, listen, if you're overseas, bring the Cochran's in and let them bless your socks off. You're passionate about something. I work with my hands. I build things. Use that for the glory of God, Scripture would say. I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. Well, great. You use that platform for the glory of God. Hey, I'm a student. That's great. You do what you do for the glory of God, right? I'm a doctor. Use that. Use that. Use that passion for the glory of God. Am I making sense to anybody? And I love what we said. Because with our passion, are people drawn to you because of your passion? You know, people are drawn to passion. Are you drawn to people that just walk around looking like death warmed over and loser and just, I just want to exist and I'm just, just making it through in life? Woe is me. Anybody drawn? No, you want to be drawn to passionate people. You, you, you want to be drawn to people. Listen, I love that quote that we looked at last week. John Wesley, we were talking about the great um, um, pastor that, that launched the Methodist church. And, 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 I, and I love that that. When people ask, how come people are leaving the cities and coming out to find you in the middle of nowhere and listening to you preach? Wesley would preach 15 sermons a week. Whoa, don't get any ideas. I'm not Wesley. (laughs) He'd preach 15 times. He'd say, I just set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. Wow. Have you set yourself aflame? Are you on fire? What are you passionate about? Use it. For the glory of God. We've been looking at this verse in John chapter 10, verse 10. I want to read it from the New International Version today. It says this. 
The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's the thief? Satan. He's the thief. And his goal in life is to detour you, to jack you up, to steal from you, to kill and destroy your life. But Jesus says, but here's the deal. I have come that you can have what? Life and have it to the full. Come on, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed living right there. Amen. Listen, we believe that Jesus wants to give that type of life to every one of us in this room today. And he can. And we should be living life that is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Today, I want to talk about a word that, that, that when you look up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, this is another one of those, those uh, synonyms. I think synonym means a word that's kind of similar, sounds the same, same meaning, idea, whatever. Not sound the same. That'd be a different word. But you know what I'm talking about. Come on. I loved high school. Best six years of my life. Anyway, uh... Uh, where's it going? Cheer. When you look up bright eyed and bushy tail, this word cheer pops up. Today, I want to talk about being cheerful people. Cheerful. Cheerful living. And when I look that word up, cheerful, it's, it's an adjective and it means this noticeably happy and optimistic. Noticeably happy and optimistic. Are you a cheerful person? One person. <laughs> Talking back to me. I like that. I like when people talk back to me. I like that. Cheer. Do pe- when people look at you, if I were to throw your name out tomorrow in the office before you showed up, say, hey, tell me about old so-and-so. What, what are they? Oh, man, that person is woo, optimistic. They are happy. They're, they're cheerful. Or would they say, who? Who are you talking about? What you talking about, Willis? Name the TV show. Anybody? Different strokes. Good. Are you noticeably happy and optimistic? Listen, I believe that for those of us that have drunk from the well and Jesus lives within us, we ought to be some of the most cheerful people in our culture today. Do you believe that? And and keep in mind what I said now. That doesn't mean that things are always going to go your way. You're going to face some opportunities, but I'm telling you, because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit welling up within me, I'm telling you, I can face life and be optimistic and, 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 and cheerful as I go about my daily living. I love what Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 22. Solomon says this, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you offer good medicine to those around you? Cheerfulness. A cheerful person. Someone that's living bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh, that is some good medicine. Or are you like the second part of that verse? Are you a person who's not cheerful? You're Eeyore. You're you're you're. You're boring and you're, 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 just, you're sapping people's energy and strength. Hey, are you an energy giver or are you an energy taker? When people are around you, do they just feel better in your presence? Have you ever had somebody like that in your life? You're with them and man, they just encourage you. Just being in the, you're just like, wow, I'm ready to conquer the world. Or I feel like I can do this. Or they just breathe life 
and energy into you? Don't you like, don't, how many of you, round of applause, like to be around people like that? Okay, now, okay, stop. How many of you like to be around people that suck it out of you? Round of applause. One person. It's all right. We're going to pray for you and cast that demon out in a few moments. No. You want to be around people that are life. Are you an energy giver or an energy taker? You need to pay close attention to to how you interact with people in your world. Be someone who gives cheerfulness, not not only for their benefit, but but for yours as well. And, And just a little sidebar real quick. Can we have a squirrel moment real quick? If you're hanging out with people that are energy takers, Mm. I'm going to say this as clear and unoffensive as possible. Get rid of them. You don't need that. Who, who wants to hang around that? Listen, we get beat up enough by people we don't know, much less the people we do know and hang out with. Who want, I don't want that. I don't want that. Listen, for, for, for some of us, it might be time just to kind of Evaluate who we're spending the majority of our time with. Am I, ta- am I talking to anybody today? Man, we've already mentioned Solomon. Let's just camp out with Solomon today because I believe that Solomon has a word for us. Solomon, I don't know what you know about him, but he was an A-lister. He, he, he made the Hollywood pantheon of gorgeous billionaire gods and goddesses with front page cover fame. He made them look like losers. This was the dude. The Israeli monarch that possessed wealth and and women and wisdom and and even fame. Man, he had it all. But you know what? He was miserable. What? He had wealth and, 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 and wisdom and women and fame, but yet he was miserable. Why? You know, his name Solomon means shalom. It means peace. In fact, if you were to read in 2 Samuel chapter 12, Nathan gave Solomon another name, called him Jedidiah or loved by God. Well, if shalom, peace, and loved by God is so, why was he so miserable? He had it all. He had had the things that so many of us in our culture today are running rabid after. Wealth. Wisdom. Some of you running after women or running after men. You're running after fame. And why was this guy with everything still so miserable? The book of Ecclesiastes reveals the naked truth. This ruler who was filthy rich and uber powerful. This ruler who who everything that he had was gold plated. Solomon was smarter than Einstein. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. No wonder he was miserable. Why was he so sad? What went so horribly wrong? Well, before you go pointing your fingers at Solomon and say, man, that guy's he's not right. Let me ask you some of the same questions today. Are you miserable? Are, are, are you disgruntled with your life this morning? 
Maybe you're discontent or, or you're just plain crabby. You, you, you've got, you know, a, 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 a significant other that, that loves you and values you. You've got square footage out the wazoo. You, you've got a, a, a car that, that actually smells like a car and not McDonald's French fry. Or maybe you've got that. That's not so bad either, is it? Chicken with bones in it, McDonald's French fries. This is not a good day. Um, you, you, you've got friends. You've got a good job. Kids are doing well. And, but yet you're miserable. You're disgruntled. You're discontent with where you're at in life. You know, Solomon wrote some words to us in the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes that when you read them, it will cause you to grow gloomy, desperate, maybe even suicidal. But believe it or not, this most depressing book of the Bible, maybe besides the book of Job, might be a little bit more depressing. I believe in this book, we can find some things that can teach us to be truly cheerful people. But let me, let me read to you what, what, what he, it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 2 through 3. This jaded ruler write, writes these words. He's lamenting, and he says this. I'm reading from the message translation because I, I, I like this. It says, anything's possible. It's one fate for everybody, righteous and wicked, good people, bad people, the nice and the nasty. The worshipers and the non-worshipers, committed and uncommitted. He writes, I find this outrageous. The worst thing about living on this earth, that everyone's lumped together in one fate. Is it any wonder that so many people are obsessed with evil? Is it any wonder that people go crazy right and left? Life leads to death. That's it. That's all I have for us today. Let's just close our Bibles and let's just go home. Let's just leave with that thought. Is that, I feel more depressed now and I've already read this once. And it's discouraging, isn't it? Life all leads to death. That's it. Blah, blah. Let's just, uh. Bummer. <laughs> I, I, I found some, some findings. I found some findings. That's what you normally do. If you find something, you found. I found some findings on PubMedHealth.com that states that brain chemistry and genetic predisposition can trigger depression. Long-term pain, sleeping problems, certain types of cancer, steroids, and underactive thyroid can, 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 can trigger a, a downward mood swing sometimes in people. Stressful life events such as abuse, neglect, maybe broken relationships, failures that people experience, maybe the loss of a job, long-term family illnesses, chronic pain, social isolation. Or, uh, these are just a few reasons that people in our culture today are spiraling downward. And maybe you can relate to something that I just referred to. Knowing that, that that's the day and times in which we live and knowing that Solomon so many years ago said, hey, listen, we're just all going to die. 
Let's just, that's it. It's very encouraging, isn't it? But Solomon the sage didn't end in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. You see, there are a few more chapters in the book of Ecclesiastes. And Solomon the sage would go on to give us, I believe, two key verses that that can help you if you found yourself in any of those scenarios that I just described. He gives us some words that can help us claw our way out of this pit of despair. And actually, you you can find yourself living on the highlands of peace and joy and cheerful living. And and they're really quite simple. This is really easy. I only have two for you today. Look what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 8. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. And then in the next chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, he says this, Remember your Creator... In the days of your youth. Two things that that I want to share with you real quickly this one that I believe can can cause us to, to live cheerfully. We can live as cheerful people. We, we, th- these two things might be, be just what you need to get over the hump for you to start living bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Number one, Solomon said in, in chapter 11, enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Now, now this is a, a great lesson going back to John 10, 10 about that delightful, abundant life mentioned. Remember, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundant. Enjoy your life. And let me tell you something. This abundant life that Jesus came to give us, that every one of us in this room today had the potential to embrace and live out. Listen, it, abundant life can only be lived in the present. What? Yes. Abundant life can only be lived in the present. You see, listen, you might be here this morning and you're bound by guilt from your past. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're paralyzed with fear for the future. Listen, you will never, if you live on one end of those, whether in the past or fear, listen, you will never enjoy the fun and life of living in the moment. You won't. You won't. In fact, I believe that that's one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to remind us of our past. He wants you to keep living there. By a round of applause, and even those of you watching online, how many of you can think of at least one painful, ugly experience in your past that even when you're thinking about it right now, it still brings back some negative, hurtful, painful moments? Round of applause. Let me hear you. All across this room. For those of you that aren't clapping, you're just lazy. You don't want to clap and be obedient. You have an authority issue. I get that. That's okay. That's all right. We all have that. And what happens is the enemy says, hey, listen, I remember that in your life. And listen, when you might be rocking and rolling and thinking, but listen, I'm just going to somehow bring it back up. I'm going to bring it back up. Maybe there's a song that comes on the radio. Dude, I was cruising to Dallas at... 75 miles an hour because that's the posted speed limit. And when you're in a church truck that has a tattoo on it, with you, you obey the law. And you, even if you don't have a tattooed church truck, you obey the law. But I'm listening to the best of Def Leppard as I'm cruising. Bro. And I'm sitting there, and as an older man that's a lot wiser, and I'm going, I cannot believe I'm listening to Def Leppard. 
Those words that back in the day didn't have any meaning to me whatsoever. I'm listening to them going, oh my gosh. I I was listening to it the other day when I bought it with my kids. And and my kids said, dad, when did you start listening to this stuff? I'm like, "Uh, the 80s? (laughs) And they're like, what was that? Best music ever. Right? Anybody? But what happens so many times is the enemy uses something, whether it be a song or a name or, or, or an experience. Or, or maybe for some of you as parents, your, your kids reenact something you did back in the day. And it just brings back that memory, right? Satan knows if he can keep us there in the past that we won't enjoy and savor the moment we're in right now. Or for some of us, we're, we're too concerned about the future. Some of you right now are thinking, what are we doing for lunch? When's he going to end? What's for lunch and what's this afternoon? You you middle school students are thinking about altitude, going to the jump park today at at Hebner Oaks to to spend community time in your small groups. And Listen, or you're thinking about a meeting you've got this week or you're thinking about what's happening this summer. Listen, and, and what happens is he knows that if we camp out, listen, we will miss this moment that God has for us right now. See, some of you right now are thinking about some of those things now that you're missing out what the Holy Spirit of God wants to do in your life right now. Listen, he wants to set you free from that stuff. The Spirit of the Lord is in this house. And here's the deal. You can be set free. Scripture says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, where there is, there's freedom. Man, I want to set my mind on Him and I'm going to enjoy this moment. Hey, quit wallowing in your painful past. I want to encourage you to, to move past your past. Listen, on your own, you can't do it though. You can't. That's why we're here and the Holy Spirit is present. Listen, it's a new day. And with his help, listen, with that sun that is still shining, with God at work, he's doing something new for you this day. You can enjoy your life. You can enjoy this day. Would you just allow the Spirit of God to well up and take over? Let him do it for you. You can't read enough books, go to enough meetings. Listen, you need God. Oh, man, to help you enjoy this thing called life, somebody. Enjoy every moment. Savor it. Treasure it. Take it in. Because as you begin to live in the present, this abundant life right here and now, that's when you're going to begin to experience God's presence, his grace, and his power. Amen. Number two, real quick. Verse 12 in Ecclesiastes, Solomon reminded us to remember your creator. Enjoy your life, but remember your creator. Now, this second one that Solomon gave us is a doozy. In fact, I was reminded that when Jesus was, was talking to the church in Ephesus in the book of Revelation chapter 2, he, 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 he complimented them, but then he said, I, I have this against you. You have forgotten your first love. You have forgotten your first love. Okay, let, let me ask you a question this morning. Do you remember when you met Jesus? Do, do, do you remember when, 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 that, when Jesus came into your life and, and it was the real deal? It wasn't like, uh, I don't know. I went down front at vacation Bible school with one of my friends and I thought they were giving Kool-Aid and cookies. And, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, do you remember that moment, that day in which you met Jesus for the first time? It was the real deal. 
He wasn't just some idea. But he was that very real friend who who laid down his life for you. I believe that simply remembering how much Jesus loves us brings cheer to our soul. Remembering how much Jesus loves you and and, and what he gave you and and what he did for you, how he protects you, how he he plans every moment of your life, how he is a friend who will never leave. Man, I'm telling you, that ought to bring a smile to your face. Look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, tell your face to look cheerful. Jesus loves you. He's here for you. Do you remember when you met Jesus? Whew. Man, hey, listen, I I have a declaration to make. And for those of you that don't know this and are new here, I just want to let you in a little bit about who I am a little bit, okay? I I am married to a wonderful woman named Angie, and I love my wife. And for the last, she's not here today. She's traveling and probably watching somewhere between Dallas and probably Waco about right now. Honey, keep your eyes on the road. Just listen. But, but for the last 27 years, my wife has brought me so much joy. And man, all the incredible memories. We've created some incredible memories together. She, she knows my quirks, my mannerisms. She knows that, 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 that I'm gifted with something called ADHD. And she loves me despite all of that. Is that not an incredible woman? She... Um, She's been there with me when, when, when there were happy moments, and she's been there with me in the crappy moments. Those, those times on the mountain, but then those valleys as well, the good and the bad. And I'm just telling you, I, I cannot imagine my life without her. I long every morning to wake up and see her face and smell that morning breath. That'll get you out of bed. Amen. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Glory. Shalavaga. I love it. Each and every. I ju- when I remember, when I think of her, oh, it brings a smile and brings delight to my life. Amen. You know, when I remember my God, my creator, I also remember that we've had some adventures together. I've journeyed through some devastating valleys and some some incredible mountaintop moments. And you know what? He's been with me also in the midst of both of those. Am I talking to anybody? He has seen me through some tough times. and, And when I didn't know what to do, you know what? He did. He did. And he was there with grace and strength to help me make it through tomorrow. He was there. I I heard a story about the great pastor, Pastor Charles Spurgeon. He was once asked by someone, if you were dragged to the village square to be martyred for Christ tomorrow at noon, would you have the strength to stand strong? Spurgeon simply replied, no, but tomorrow at noon I will. Listen, we can enjoy life today because there's grace for tomorrow. We can enjoy life today because there's grace for tomorrow. So that's it, my friends. Solomon, 
Solomon's secret to cheerful living. Solomon's secret to to maybe pull someone that's listening today out of the miry pit that you're in. Someone here today that's feeling hopeless and helpless. Someone that's here today feeling like, you know, does life really, can it get any better? Listen, Solomon would say, remember two things. Enjoy your life, live in this moment, and remember your creator. (laughs) I love this quote by Marie Freeman. She said this, God is good and heaven is forever. And if those two facts don't cheer you up, nothing will. (laughs) Go ahead and take a picture of that. I know you like that. And going back to Pastor Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he said this, be assured, my dear friend, that it is no joy to God to seeing you with a dreary countenance. Listen, for those of you that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, your face needs to show that. Listen, life right now may have thrown you a curveball and, and there, listen, I'm telling you, listen, listen, God is still for you and he's still with you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? There is nothing that can separate me from his love. There's nothing I can do in which you say, you know what? I'm done with you, Brown. Oh, no. People may write you off, but God will never do that to you. You might not be around people that are life-giving and energy-giving. Oh, but I'm telling you, we worship a God, and he's here with us today. A God that gives, well, he gives life, and he gives it abundant, full, over the top better than you've ever dreamed or imagined. Life to the max. Life that can be lived bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Are you with a preacher this morning? Come on, somebody. Listen, I know that there's some people here today that, that right now it's, it's hard for you to see tomorrow because you're thinking about your present. I love the song that we sang earlier, and I asked the band if they would come back up and kind of lead us during this time together today. But listen, God is a friend to the brokenhearted. He's close to those who, who are hurting, to those that feel that they've They've done too many bad things or they're too far gone. I'm telling you, you are a prime candidate today to experience the love, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness of a creator God in heaven who loves you, it's probably safe for me to say, like no one's quite ever loved you. I want to invite you to stand with us this morning and and we're just going to sing. I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team to go ahead and come and just make yourselves available today. And listen, if you're here today and you're hurting, listen, I want to encourage you to come to the altar this morning and share that with one of our friends. Maybe you should give you the word of encouragement, a prayer of some sort. Listen, I want to encourage you to come as we worship, as we sing. Listen, the Father's here. His arms are open wide. Bring it to the Lord today, and let's just give it to Him. Thank you, Father, for being with us. Thank you for being a God that's close to the brokenhearted. We worship you, Father. We sing to you now. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Jesus, thank you for coming in and making us new. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old things pass away. 
all things become new. Father, I pray that this new life that you've given us, Lord, we leave here and live it for all to see, like a city set on a hill. Lord, I pray that we live bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your great name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.